Spirit. Amen. The singer Ava Max reminds us if all of the kings put their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise a toast. If all of the kings put their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise a toast. What does it mean to be king these days? What does it mean to be queen? What is a king, really? What kind of king is Jesus? After all, he had no money, no property, has no army, nor did he wage war against any other group of people. Yes, we sing about Jesus being king of kings and lord of lords, but really, what kind of king is Jesus after all? The early church thought of Jesus as king, as lord of all, as supreme governor of all things, They looked at Jesus not in an autocratic way, but in one that was the supreme lover of all creation, the one who established order and reign, whose reign was ultimately one of peace. This kingship of Jesus was so important in the early church, especially in the baptism rituals of the Eastern Mediterranean, that everybody at church was anointed when they were baptized as prophet, priest, and king. Every child, every person, boys and girls, men and women, every person was anointed priest, prophet, and king. The idea was that Jesus' love was so powerful, and through our baptism, we are so intimately connected to God that the responsibility of being a king of love to the world, that responsibility that God placed on Jesus, gets placed upon us at our baptism. Kings and queens of love for the life of the world. And so in today's reading, we hear the crucifixion story. Jesus on the cross. He's dying. But unlike Matthew and Mark's Gospels, where Jesus dies with almost no words, powerless, he basically is handed over, he's forgotten, the disciples have fleed the scene, and then unlike John's Gospel, where the person of Jesus seems to always be in charge, and he's always proclaiming some kind of great truths about the nature of God, Luke's gospel simply has Jesus saying things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's a profound statement of love, of forgiveness, of grace, that resonates throughout all of creation for all time. And it's in that spirit of forgiveness and love and grace that the earliest Christians anointed everyone who was baptized as priest, prophet, and king. Because the early followers of Jesus knew that in the world they lived in, having the authority to love like Jesus loves, having the authority to forgive like Jesus forgives, having the grace 
to be fully present, active, and engaged in a deeply challenging, impoverished, and divided world would literally not only change the person being baptized, but would convey a powerful portion of God's authority upon them and upon their respective home church communities, so much so that they would have the potential to be the most glorious, the most powerful, the most influential, the most efficient catalyst, the greatest purveyor of God's love towards others in the world. And this action of God upon all of Christ's followers, this action of God fundamentally changes everything. Jesus Christ is king because his love for the world fundamentally changes everything, even all of us here at Trinity. Jesus' kingship gives us the power and the authority to be kings and queens of love for our own day and age, kings and queens of love for the life of the world. Last week I mentioned so many ways in which the people of Trinity took this great charge, this great example of Jesus to live in forgiveness and love and grace. Talked a lot about how the people of Trinity have taken this charge seriously for decades. For at least the last 45 years, the people of Trinity have been a part of of choosing to set down roots here to make a difference in downtown even when it was hard to make a difference. To open up our campus to the community for the arts, for music, for 12-step groups, for organizations that helped children, for promoting community meetings that furthered the physical and mental and spiritual health of absolutely everyone in the community. Through good and faithful stewardship of what we have, those initial ideas have come to bear fruit, and they're now expanding. Over the last 10 years, we've so, so we have slowly been expanding our reach beyond our campus into the greater community, creating strategic partnerships with Grace Lutheran to feed the homeless, furthering our long-term alliance with Nourish Phoenix, formerly known as ICM, to help further and assist people who are considered economically the working poor. By strategizing and forging a multi-layered ministry at Garfield School for food assistance, for promoting children's literacy, for beautifying the school environment through art and music, and the neighborhood-changing work of a sustainable community garden for everyone to benefit from. And all of this goes alongside the good advocacy work that Trinity as the cathedral, along with consultation with our bishop and all of her staff, to create awareness of our cherished Native American tribes here in Arizona to do things like call for justice for the victims of gun violence to shine a light onto the hurts and the wounds of the deep racism towards African Americans in our state, to addressing down at the border the suffering of immigrants and refugees fleeing danger, 
to advocating at our state capitol for the rights of women, for the equal protection of all of our LGBTQ family, for better educational opportunities for everyone in our state, and for a cleaner, healthier, and more sustainable Arizona. Yes, these ideas of conveying the grace, forgiveness, and powerful love of Jesus makes our anointings as kings and queens of love for the glory of God even more real. But these ideas now move forward. We've just celebrated a spectacular centennial celebration, and the people of Trinity know that our future continues to reside firmly in the engagement of our community, to continue to be priests, prophets, and kings for a world that needs us. We have the ability to convey hope for a world that is better tomorrow than it is today. As children of a loving God, we are commissioned by Jesus, by Jesus our King, the one who calls us to live in a spirit of forgiveness in our hearts from now to eternity. We are commissioned by Christ the King to love and serve others in the world through the practice of forgiving all of the world, forgiving all of the world into a new reality, through forgiving everything like Christ forgave everything, to set us free from sin and everything else that holds us back. Through channeling that forgiveness with the powerful force of love that will bring forth redemption, healing, and wholeness, and take us back, take us all back to that place where it all started, where God started it all, back to a place that sparkles, a place of paradise, a place at the beginning of creation where God looked upon the splendor of all of God's majesty and all of God's work, and God looked upon absolutely everything and called it very good. Today, Jesus, our King, shows us our way. Jesus shows us how to love and shows us how love and grace and living in a practice of forgiveness changes fundamentally everything. We, as the anointed priests and prophets and kings and queens of God's love, are now being called to live into this change, to grow ourselves as the people of Trinity into this new reality, to champion this grace and healing and wholeness of Jesus for a new world that continues to emerge all around us to be kings and queens of God's love for the life of the world. And so, today, we celebrate. We celebrate with our pledges in offering them for our amazing life together that is in store for us in 2023. We celebrate with our fellowship in gathering after worship at 10 a.m. as a pre-Thanksgiving time of rejoicing. And we celebrate together also in this space when Jesus' body and blood are given to us, broken open for us, shared for us, and received by us through the Eucharist, through Holy Communion, to remind us in a very physical way 
that forgiveness and grace and love are always available to us and that we are never, ever alone. We are the anointed priests, prophets, and kings and queens of a living God, of a loving God, of a transforming, renewing, and restorative God that reminds us today how Jesus, our one and true and only King, gives us everything in life that is good. One who never stops forgiving. One who never stops loving. One who never stops rejoicing over us. How can we not be grateful? How can we not give thanks? Jesus, our King, has made us God's priests, prophets, and kings and queens. Today truly is a feast. How can we not celebrate? If all of the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise a toast. Jesus has forgiven us, redeemed us, upheld us, and called us friends. He's made us members of a divine royal family. Let us raise a toast in our prayers and in our singing and in our responses to the one, the only Jesus, Christ our King. Amen.